Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Hey, good morning, Eastridge. So glad you're here today, and thanks for being part of our service. I met some guests, some returning guests. Glad you're part. Uh, last week, we started a series called Lies We Believe, and I'm going to get you caught up if you weren't here last week. Well, we started with this whole premise that our lives are really the summation of our thoughts, and that our lives move in direction of our strongest thoughts. Well, the problem with that is that each day we think 6,000 complete thoughts, at least 6,000, that's complete thoughts. But the problem with that is that 80% of these are negative. And a lot of them are just flat out lies. We talk about, hey, I can't stand a liar. But if you go look in the mirror, that's the person who's lying to you the most. Did you look in the mirror that we have these lies and the enemy does a great job of just filling our minds with lies, trying to rain on our parade, put a cloud over everything. Everything's bad, and, and, and God doesn't want you. And so we started addressing some of the lies we believe. Last week, we addressed the lie that things were going to go from bad to worse, that things are never going to get better. This whole worst-case scenario that if I just uh, go to the worst case and work my way back, I won't be as disappointed and, and, and I can kind of guard my hurt. And we just went over the whole concept that that is a terrible way to live. And if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't need to live that way. We ought to be full of promise, full of hope, full of life, believing the good, because God in His Word says that He is doing good in our life. So we talked about how do you battle these lies? You battle them by putting truth in your mind. And last week I asked you guys, we talked about the whole concept of getting ruts in our minds that ruts are when water is just allowed to flow wherever it wants and it creates a rut in your yard or in the road. And what we have to do is we have to dig trenches of God's Word, dig trenches to direct that water, the water of God's Word to where we want it to go. And I asked everybody who was here, so if you weren't here, you get, a, you get an out today. I asked everybody, go get a note card. Go to Dollar General. Go to Walmart, get a note card, and start writing down Scripture, and let this be the first thing you see every day. And here's my Scripture. This is what I did this week. Look, it was so useful. Like I should be surprised by that as a pastor, that Scripture was useful. You know, man, this really works, guys. Let me show you this way. <laughs> For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. This is what I looked at every morning when I woke up. Yeah, 2 Timothy 1.7. I put it in my car. Put it in the visor. First thing I looked at, looked at it through the day. Retraining how my mind thinks. And so that's what you have to do. That's, what you, you, that's going to be the gist of every message. And I ask you to do that. I'm not going to ask for your hands today. Uh, if you did that, okay, all right. Somebody wants it. We want some accountability. Who, who did it? Okay, because I did it. That's, a, that's always the person in class who knows the answer. Yeah, hey, hey, I'm sorry. It's great, Darcy. Thanks. <laughs> 
that's going to be the answer to everything is to change the way we think. And the, the scripture we have at, for, our, for our scripture, for the, theory, uh, the theme for the, the series is from Romans. Let's go to the next one right here. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And you do that through God's word. So he says, then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Romans 12, 2. Is everybody with me? We're going to start digging some trenches. Doing the hard work. Things that work, take work. That if you let your mind drift, if you're not going to put any effort in it, then, then you're just going to be bombarded, assaulted with lies. So let's look at the lie for today. Everybody's caught up. Let's look at the lie that I'm alone in my struggles. Now, here's, here's an interesting thing. You know, uh, being a pastor is always interesting in, in that um, some people want to tell you everything that's going on in their lives, and some people don't want to tell you anything. Uh, we have some people, like, they'll come up to me and go, I need to talk to you. And then they're going to dump the truck on something, and, and, uh, which is fine. I mean, and, and I'm good with it. But then other people, um, they don't want to tell you anything's going on, especially anything bad. Don't want, don't want anybody to know that anything's bad going in their life. And so you have these two extremes. Well, I've been meeting with these guys for a couple years, man. You know, we meet, and we, we, we've gone through books together, and we're talking about, uh, you know, following Christ. And at one meeting, one of the guys comes in, and, and at the beginning of the meeting, we just all kind of do a check-in. How are you doing? And this was kind of the beginning of the group. And I said, how's it going? And he said, I've had a, I've had a tough day. When somebody says that, usually everybody kind of leans in. Not a tough day. He said, yeah, I got mad, lost my temper, and threw out a bunch of F-bombs. Well, the group got real silent. I feel like everybody's looking at me like, Gary, you going to kick him out? Because now the time, now is to get him. Because now, just silence. You know why? Because that is so unusual for us to say that we struggle. So unusual. We don't want people to know. How many of you want to go around telling everybody, hey, let's everybody share the language they use this week. We don't want to do that. We don't want anybody to know that. Several years ago, maybe 10 or 12 years ago, a guy comes to my office and says, my daughter's pregnant. She wasn't married. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, well, you're going to love this baby and you're going to celebrate the birth. And then we're talking. He goes, I don't know what I'm going to do about keep coming to Eastridge. He said, I just want to run. See, when we struggle, the enemy wants us to feel alone. He wants you to feel like you're the only one who struggles. That you're the only one who's done that. That the people, the church, they, they wouldn't like you if they knew that about you. If they knew you used F-bombs, they wouldn't want to be around you. If they knew that you, what happened to you, something in your family, the problems you have in your family, they don't want you that. You're alone. You're the only one that struggles with this. You're the only one that you're a loser. That you'll never get it together. And he keeps compounding and assaulting our minds that, man, we start to, to believe this. 
I'm the only one. Everybody at church has got it together. Is that my one of my kids' football games years ago? This woman was struggling big time. So much so that she rode over to the field and asked if I would talk to her. And so I'm talking to her. And I'm trying to get her to come to church. I know it's not the answer for everything, but it was the answer for her. She needed Jesus desperately. She needed to be around some positive things in her life. Tried to get her to go to celebrate recovery. And she said to me, said, I can't go there because I'm messed up. And I looked at her and said, we're all messed up. You see, the enemy's done a great job of making the church seem like it's only a place for people who've got it together. That if you got it together, or at least halfway got it together, then you can go there. And if you don't have it together, and if the halfway part that you don't have together, you don't tell anybody about. You don't tell anybody. But you just keep that alone in your struggle. Whatever that struggle is, struggle with sin or struggle with a hurt, a habit, a hang-up, that we have these things going on in our mind that I am alone. But here's the truth of God's Word today. The truth of God's Word is, I belong to God and I'm part of His family. Well, how do you get from I'm all alone, I'm the only one, to the truth of I belong to God and I am part of His family? How do you do that? Let's jump in and let's get it today. The first is this. you got to start with God. you got to start with God. And the whole premise of this is that you don't run from God, you run to God. You're not running from God, you're running to God. And you start with God that, yes, I don't have it together. I have struggles. But God knew that all along when He sent Jesus Christ. He, he didn't tell me to get right, and then He would save me. He said He would save me, and then He would help me get right. All of us, whatever's going on in life, that we all struggle. Now, one of the things I love about Celebrate Recovery is that a lot of boldness takes place there in that when a person comes on the stage... They, they open up and they say who Jesus is and who Jesus means to them. They say, hey, my name's Gary. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And then they share their struggle. So if I were to Celebrate Recovery, this is what I'd say. Hey, my name's Gary. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with anger and anxiety. Gary. That's what they'd say, hello, Gary. But if you don't go to Celebrate, you don't know that. But anyway, you say, hello, Gary. So let's try it again. Hey, my name's Gary. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with anger and anxiety. Hello, Gary. Well, listen, I've worked really hard on my anger issues. I've worked really hard. I struggle though. And I struggle with anxiety. I've worked really hard like, um, not, just sounds like I'm bragging. I'm, I'm doing better. But I just feel like the Lord has been helping me with that. I grew up in an angry household. My dad was alcoholic. All I saw him and he was modeled for me is that when things come up, you just get mad and you just, you just blow up. So anyway, even though I'm a pastor, this has been a struggle for me for a long time. Well, I had been doing so good, so good. Well, we went on vacation, and I feel like I was doing really good. I, was, I told you my car, tree limb hit it. That didn't bother me. But you know what bothered me on vacation? I was at a stop sign, and we, Leslie and I were trying to figure out which way to go, and a guy beeped the horn at me in the back. And I looked back in the rear mirror, and he's waving his arms. I haven't even told my kids this yet. Well, anyway, that flew all over me, and I don't know why. But it did, and so when I got out and we got to the red light, he just happened to be right beside me. And so I rolled down my window, and I looked at him and I said, hey, that's a good way to start a fight. And I'm a pastor, 
But he was about to get his butt whipped by a preacher. You know what I'm saying? It was about to be on. And I'm not proud of this. And it went on a little bit further. And then the Holy Spirit, named Leslie Thompson, looked at me and said, Gary, stop. Stop. Now, I can laugh about it and everything because I, I struggle. I'm not perfect. I'm not. Look, I felt bad about it all night. My only thing that felt good is maybe I'll see him in heaven. You know what I'm saying? I hope I never see him again. You know, you say something, I hope I never see that guy again. Well, I can tell you this, listen. We all struggle. You've got stuff in your life that you struggle with. Well, the answer isn't to run from God. The answer isn't to hide that. I apologize to Leslie. Almost immediately say, look, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. I, you know, just, I just didn't handle that well. I'm not perfect. You're not either. There's going to be times in our life, and this is not an excuse to do whatever we want. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is that nobody in here is perfect except for Jesus Christ. And so you and I have to start with God. And the Scripture we have today talks about this whole concept of, of just starting with God. And it's, it, is, it is taking the posture or the stance of humility. Realizing that, yeah, I'm, I am not the one who has it all together. I'm the struggler here. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Now, if you play a sport, doesn't matter what sport it is, golf, baseball, basketball, tennis, it really does not matter. You name the sport. One of the first things they're going to work on is your stance. They're going to work on your stance. If you go to get a lesson, they're going to teach you. They're going to, first thing, they're going to look at how you're standing. How are you standing? What does your stance look like? In baseball, they're going to look at your feet. How are your feet lined up? What are you doing? What does your stance look like? It doesn't matter what the sport is. Wrestling. And at some point, they'll say, if you play a sport and, and practice, they'll say, hey, get in your stance. Get in your stance. And so this is what Peter's saying. He says, hey, get in your stance. And ours is a stance of humility. The whole concept, instead of thinking, I've got it all together, or even thinking that God doesn't want me or that uh, I'm a loser because the enemy. We're just getting our stance, and our stance is humility. I stand under the power of God. That's my stance. That God is the answer to my struggle. He's the answer to my situation. That He is always the answer. He says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. That God's going to help you. He's going to lift you up in honor. That if you humble yourself before Him in your struggle, that He's the answer. He's going to help you. And He says that you give all your worries and care to God because He cares about you. That I'm going to simply trust in the power of God and that He cares about me. Even in my struggle, even in my failure, even in my sin, even in my mistake, the answer is always God. That I start with God. I don't run from Him. I run to Him. And I simply humble myself and say, I blew it. I'm messed up. I'm struggling with this. I don't know how to fix this. I need your help. And that's where we all have to start. It's common ground for everybody. And it's the way that we need to start addressing any struggle in our life. Well, the second thing is this. You've got to stay alert. You've got to stay alert. This is so funny to me. When I grew up, when I grew up, the only things you had to keep you awake were coffee, tea, Coke, and no-dose. Anybody remember no-dose? <laughs> had no-dose. That was it. Now there's Rockstar, Monster, Red Bull. There's Rain. There are Banks. There's all these drinks to keep you somewhat supposedly alert. I know they're not good for you, but, th but that is the, the, the gist of it, that they keep you alert. They're supposed to keep you focused. We have alerts on our phones that alert us of stocks, 
of sales, of COVID, of the weather, of social media, of Gmail. We get all these things coming on. We even get alerts from Amazon of where our package is. We do. My package is on the way. <laughs> it's almost here. It's 10 stops away. It's amazing, isn't it? It's 10 stops away. I don't know, you know what that even means, but it's 10 stops away. We get all these alerts just to keep us alert. And when it comes to your mind, you and I have to stay alert. Look at the scripture right here. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Now, he's not greater than Jesus Christ. He has been defeated. But he is a great enemy of ours. The devil who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I want to stay here for a minute. The term great enemy, the word in the Greek was adversary. You have an adversary. And the picture behind the word adversary here was a picture of someone who's a prosecuting attorney just firing away accusations against you. You don't measure up. You do this wrong. This is not right in your life. You struggle here. God doesn't love you. It's just over and over again. And you're going, and everything like that. That's what's going on in your mind. And you and I have to stay alert. We have to be aware. We have to have some sort of plan on how we're going to combat that. That if we just go into neutral here and we say, I'm going to stay, uh, not going to be alert, I'm just going to let whatever happens, happens. Uh, we talked about this last time. The drift is always down. You never drift into something good happening, or very rarely do you do this. You have to stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. And so you've got to have some kind of alert plan. Here's the thing. When you get a stock alert that something's happened, you think, okay, I'm going to buy. You get a sales alert. Oh, man, there's a sale. What do you do? You take action, don't you? If you've got money, you do. I'm going to get it. You get your Amazon alert. You get your hopes up a little bit. You get the weather alert. You carry an umbrella. You know it's going to rain? A big storm's coming. We better get ready. That's the same thing that Peter said. Hey, stay alert. Not just, hey, stay alert, but stay alert and have a plan. Years ago, my son Mitchell was wrestling. He's wrestling a kid that was pretty good. And the kid was long. Mitchell's short and stocky. The kid's long. And sometimes long is difficult for short and stocky. And Mitchell told me his game plan. He said, here's my game plan. I'm going to get in on him. And I'm not going to let him use his length. I'm going to stay close. And then he looked at me and he said, I've watched his film. Listen to me. You need to watch the film of your life and how the enemy has been working you over. I'll just give you some examples. In your alone time, you need to have a plan. If not then you're going to be tempted to do things that you don't want to do. You need to have a plan. When you're at work, you need to have a plan. Walking into that, that, that if, the, if things are stressful at work, or you're not happy at work, you need to have a plan on how God can use you, how you can have joy, how you can be a light, how you can be a witness. If, you're, if your kids are driving you crazy, which they do, that's what we had them for, then you need to have a plan. 
You need to have a plan. Or if your kid's going wayward, if you got a kid that's not, not doing right, not what you, what you had, had envisioned, then you need to have a plan through Scripture and a plan. If you and your spouse are not getting along, or if there's tension, you need to have a plan. You can't just go into idle in these situations. If you've got an addiction, you need to have a plan. You need to have some plan because you've got to stay alert. It can't be that I'm just going to go into, into neutral or I'm just going to drift and, and man, I'm going to hope something good happens and I'm going to go, I don't know what happened. The Lord failed me there. No, He didn't. He didn't stay alert. You and I must stay alert. You ever fallen asleep when driving? Come on now. I know people are going to not raise their hand. Nobody's ever going to ride with me either. But anyway, so... You ever do this? You ever nod off when you're driving? Nobody? Nobody wants to raise their hand today? Okay, fine, fine. That's fine. Sometimes when we're driving, we start to get a little tired, don't we? It's a long trip. All of a sudden, you, you God, what, what happened here? So what do you do? Turn the air on real high. Roll the windows down. Stop and get some coffee or get one of those energy drinks that I just talked about. Whatever. I'm not recommending that to you. You do what you want to do. But here's the whole point. You're driving your life. You and the Lord. You've got to stay alert. You've got to pay attention. You've got to be in the Word of God, reading His Word, having a plan for how you're going to handle situations that are coming up in your life. And then here's the last one. Stand together in faith. This, to me, is one of the, the enemy's biggest wins in our life. He's made Christianity seem like a solo sport. I don't need the church. I'll do it on my own. I'm going to man up. I'm going to woman up. And that's never been the picture of Scripture. Look at the Scripture here. He says we're to stand firm together. He says stand firm against Him and be strong in your faith. Now listen to this part here. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Now Peter's not talking about struggles. They were literally under persecution, but the principle is the same. That they found strength in numbers. That if you watch the National Geographic videos, the animal that gets eaten by the lion is the one that gets separated from the pack. God wants to separate you from the pack. He wants you to feel alone. He wants you to be alone. And you and I have to stand firm together. It means we have to be in some sort of proximity to where we can talk in smaller groups where we can share in ways that we can't do in here on Sunday morning. And so we have these groups out front. We're talking about getting in a group that you get in a group where you can share, that you can be real. We have groups on Thursday night that celebrate recovery. The East Campus has groups that you can belong to. You don't have to just go to this campus and be in this campus. You can go to groups over there that we don't care. But the whole point is you need to be in a group. As a matter of fact, in Acts, it says they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, to fellowship. Fellowship, this whole concept of being in group together. Fellowship wasn't eating fried chicken all the time. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about being in group, having accountability, having people pray for you, having a place where you can share, I am having a bad day. I'm about to throw out an F-bomb. Pray for me. 
That's the kind of groups that we need. The pastor's about to get in a fight. I need somebody to help me. Come help me beat him up. No, I'm just kidding. So, Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not good enough by yourself. You're not. I'm not either. Let's quit trying to be. He talks about stand firm together with your family because we're all struggling. He says, in His kindness, has God has called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. That when we're going to be, we're going to be glorified, but we do this together. And He says, so after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. All power to Him forever. Amen. It's you and I are not alone. The lie is, I'm alone in my struggles. But that's just a lie. Look at this Scripture right here, the Scripture of truth. We are carefully joined together. He doesn't say we're carefully individuals. We are carefully joined together. In Him. Becoming a holy temple in the Lord. Last week, I talked to you about making the decision to start each day with Scripture. I'd do that again. Find you another verse. Maybe this will be your verse. That you know what? I'm carefully joined together in the Lord. And He's making me holy. I'm His temple. I'm the place where God lives. Maybe that's the verse you're going to look at every day this week and let it shape your minds and your thoughts. Your mind and your thoughts, not your minds, but anyway. But the second is this. You need to get in a group. And there's some groups out there, some tables where we'd love to get you in a group. They meet at different times, different, different times of the week, different days of the week. There are groups that meet on Thursday night. There are groups on the East Campus that you can look on the webpage. And I know as soon as I say that, there's I've been doing this a long time. There's immediately pushback. I don't need that gear. I'm too busy. Look, we're all busy. I just wonder if that's what the enemy's telling you. And you don't have time for this. I, you go on Sunday morning, that's good enough. That's good, but I don't think it's good enough. You need a group of people where you can simply say, I'm struggling. Or you need a group of people that can celebrate your wins and how God's using you. You need a group of people that are praying for you. Holding you accountable. So let's get in a group. Let's not be the, the straggler that the enemy devours. There's strength in numbers. I pray that you do. Let's pray together. Father, 
I thank you for your church, a place for us to belong. Lord, I, I just uh, I want to pray for the person or the persons here today. They, they felt alone. They felt like, you know what? I, if everybody knew what was going on in my life, they, they wouldn't want me. Or, or Lord, that they think that you don't love them because they have struggles. Because I have struggles. We have struggles. And so Lord, we, we claim this truth today. that we are part of your family and you're making us holy. So Lord, I pray for us to take action, to get with a smaller group of believers for encouragement, for fellowship, for accountability, for life change, that we can share and do life with. Lord, I pray for boldness for us today. Don't let us listen to the enemy who says, we don't need that, we're too busy. But Lord, I pray for boldness for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at East Ridge Church.